I'm Brooke McLaughlin, an author, speaker, teacher, and small town girl from the mountains of Appalachia. Over the years, I've had the privilege of encouraging countless moms toward a richer prayer life, helping them catch a vision for the partnership God invites them into as they become praying moms. Prayer is action all by itself, and our prayers can impact the people we love most for generations to come. I created the Million Praying Moms podcast because prayer is one of the most overlooked parts of Christian parenting today. Let's change that together. My goal is to help you see prayer not as a last resort, but as your first and best response. If you have questions about prayer or motherhood, if you need help taking the first steps toward a praying life, or if you want to know how to pray for specific needs affecting our children in today's culture, you're in the right place, friend prayer warrior or mom who's just starting the journey. Hey friends, you may have heard me say that our oldest son left our home right after graduation to go play collegiate level baseball in another state for the summer. Such a great experience, right? My husband and I both felt like it was one we just could not pass up and we were thrilled for him to get to do it. Such an amazing experience. But along with that was the knowledge that when he comes back, and attends our local community college this fall, he will not be the same kid. And that's why it was important to me to have today's conversation with my friend, Lisa Whittle. Lisa is the best-selling author of nine books and several Bible studies, including Jesus Over Everything and The Hard Good. She is a sought-after Bible teacher for her wit and bold bottom-line approach. She's the founder of online communities called Ministry Strong, which is for ministry leaders, and called Creatives for writers and speakers. And she's also the host of the popular Jesus Over Everything podcast. She's a wife, a mom, a lover of laughter, good food, and the Bible. And she's a self-professed feisty work in progress. And she's here with us today to talk about how to make our homes and our hearts something our children want to come home to. Lisa, my friend, welcome back to the show. Tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, your ministry. It's been a little bit too long since you've been on, so refresh everybody's memory on who you are. Oh, gosh. Who am I? Oh, I'm the worst answerer at this question. I'm like, (laughs) do you want to know about the fact that I love to floss my teeth, or do you want to know about the the stats of the books? I don't know. I can go on all the ways. Yeah, I'm author, speaker. I run a a community for women who want to write and speak and so forth. And we've got a community for ministry leaders called Ministry Strong and a Bible teacher. And I've got three kids and been married 27 years. So yeah, that's kind of the highlights. Yeah, that's awesome. So how old are your kids now? We've got a 25-year-old, a 22-year-old, and a 20-year-old. All right. So you've done this. You've launched kiddos (laughs) multiple times. I have. Yes. And I'm very much looking forward to what you have to share with us about today's particular topic. All this month, we have been talking about launching our kids. And I just need to confess that part of the reason that I am so interested in this is because I am launching a kid as we speak. And I think there's a lot of moms that just, you know, we don't talk about this a lot. There's an age bracket of motherhood that gets swept under the rug a lot. And I think mothers are communicated a message that says, you just 
kind of need to get over it. Like whatever emotions you might be feeling, whatever struggles you might be having, it's all completely normal. You need to let them go, get over it, suck it up and let's move on. And I think that we can do better than that. And we can talk to moms about how to prepare their hearts, how to continue relationship with their kids, even though it might be difficult or even though it might change, it will change, but we can do better as a community. And that's why I've invited you to be a part of our conversation today. We've already covered how to prepare our hearts for the way things will change when they leave our home. We've covered important conversations that we need to have with them before they leave our home. And today, I want you to give us all of your wisdom about how to prepare ourselves for when they come back for the summer after college or when they're visiting with their families or whatever it might look like. Help us to know what to expect and how to make our homes a place that they want to come home to. So you have a few tips for us today. You start wherever you want. Mm. Yeah, this is a fun topic for me. We love it when our kids come home. It's actually pretty exhilarating. Although I was thinking, you know, when they come home for the first time, it's a little different than when they come home for the eighth time. You can sort of roll out the red carpet for them that first time. I remember when we picked up my daughter from the airport. She goes to college in in Texas. And when we picked her up from the airport for the first time, we had a sign that we had made her. We went all out. (laughs) But then now it's sort of like, you know, your room's over there. And um, no, we always try to make it special. But that first time you do sort of go all out. But I, I think that is kind of one of the tips, though, in a way is, you know, you do want to make the home feel like the place that they have been craving to come home to. So, you know, if you're kind of in a place where you're other kids are not getting along. If you have other kids, if they're not getting along that day, or, you know, if, you, if you're married and you're, you and your husband are not getting along that day as well, like just kind of suck it up for a little while because they don't want to come home to a lot of squabbling going on. And so I'm not suggesting being fake about it, but I am saying that, you know, when your kids have been away for a little while, they do want to feel like they're coming into a place of peace and be reminded of why they actually love the home and why they miss home. So I think that's super important. But I I also think that's one of the things that kills a lot of parents and probably the kids too, I'm sure when they walk through the door for the first time or when they haven't been home for a while is just the great expectations and um, kids feeling a lot of pressure to be what their parents think they need to be when they come home. And and also it puts a lot of, I think, disappointment into the parents' hearts too when we feel like our kids will react in a certain way that often they won't. I mean, I remember thinking, you know, that, that the kids, especially my daughter in particular, but I remember when she came home, I thought, oh, she's just going to mush all over us. She's going to have missed us so much. And she did miss us, but she also missed her friends at school. And so we have to remember that they've been with their friends, especially if they go away to college far away. They've been with their friends for a long time. And so they're going to miss us there. So I think that we need to understand that as well. Yeah, that's a really good one. Our son will be graduating in the next few weeks and he'll leave the next day to go play collegiate baseball for the summer. He'll be gone the entire summer, graduate, go. And, you know, I kind of feel like I had just gotten my mind and my heart wrapped around the fact that he was graduating. And then we found out he was going to be not only graduating, but leaving within a couple of days. And he'll come back about, you know, two or three weeks before school starts, before he's off to college. 
And I think it's important for us to realize that he's going to be a different kid when he gets back. Even just mm-hmm. in two months, you're talking about the expectations. And I want to just make sure that our expectations are correct. I remember when I came home my first summer after college, and I've had this talk with my own son many times, the rules were different. I still had to respect my parents. They asked very little of me, but most of it was around the topic of respect for them and their home. I had been used to living a very different life when I left their home. And there's a, an expectation there that, you know, like you said, they're going to want to spend all this time with us, and, but they're not going to necessarily be the same person when they get back as they were when they left. What has your experience been with that? And and how did you and your husband manage the fact that this was a, a slightly different person? Yeah, I think expectations are super important. So I think you do need to expect them to be more independent. That's one big thing. They have been living, as you said, you know, apart from you. They have been not having you look over their shoulder all the time, even if you think that you're looking in your app to see where they are at all times, you don't know what they're doing all the time. You don't know where they're going all the time. You're not telling them when to get to bed, all of those things. So you need to expect them to be more independent. They are going to need and want more space than they had when they were living with you full time as in high school. And so those are more important things. Sure. There are I think house rules that are still important. And we, we often differentiate between the two. We would say, these are the rules that you have for living in our house rent free. <laughs> so those are the things that are important. But also we honor the fact that now you are, and we've done this as they've, you know, incrementally gotten older. Now you are 18. Now you are 20. Now you are 22. And so we honor those different stages of life. And with those come with more responsibility and also more leeway and things like that. Of course, curfews are part of that. And things like that. So expect them to be more independent. I think expect them, this is really, really crucial. Expect them to be staying up a lot later. One of the things that is really different about college life is their schedules as far as their sleep schedules are very, very off. They're very different. So if you can even think if you went to college, you can think back and dial back to your college years. You know, you could stay up till two and three in the morning and not even blink. These kids are doing that. They're staying up till two and three in the morning. Then they may or may not get up at seven o'clock or eight o'clock and go to college and, you know, keep going. We can't fathom it at 45. We're like, I'm dead tired. What are you talking about? But that's what they live off of. Or they may be used to sleeping till 10 o'clock. They just have a very off schedule. And so I think that is really important. And we're often not used to it when they come back from college. And so I think that's important. Those are crazy hours. And then, you know, like I said, expect them to miss their friends, miss their crazy college school life, even though to us, it just seems so out of sorts, they're going to miss it. And so that's important. My daughter would often say to me, you know, I miss college when I'm here and I miss home when I'm there. And I think that is very true for a lot of college kids. Yeah, that's great. So manage our expectations, be accommodating of the fact that they've been living a very different life and that it's not necessarily a wrong life. It may be a very different life than what is in the style of your home and and the rhythm of your home and the home that they left, but it's not necessarily wrong for them to you know, keep different hours than you and, and your family do. 
Today's show is brought to you by our newest prayer guide, Praying God's Word for Your Child to Launch. It's written by my friend Gina Smith, who has launched two children of her own and is now expecting her first grandchild. And while this makes her something of an expert in my mind, she would be quick to tell you that any wisdom she has comes from her relationship with God. She often reminds me that she doesn't have all the answers, but she knows the God who does. And I think that that's a fantastic motto for all of us who are currently in the launch season. Whether we are young moms, middle-aged moms, or moms of adults, our children are daily growing in their independence. And the ultimate goal of our motherhood is to work ourselves out of a job. Preparing our children to launch begins earlier than we ever imagined as one life lesson builds on top of another. And truly, I believe it's never too early to pray for them to launch well. And it's important that we get into the habit as early as we possibly can. If we are in the habit of praying for our children in this way, we'll be used to being on our knees on their behalf when they leave our home, and we're limited in the amount of input that we have in their lives. The prayers we pray leading up to their launching from the safety of our home will be a springboard that's like no other. As their hands slip from ours for the last time, we will know for sure that we have released them into the firm grip of the Savior's hand as He faithfully surrounds and leads them in the very ways we've prayed over the years. In praying God's word for your child to launch, you'll pray for God to work in your children's hearts, to believe in his plan for their lives, be certain of their calling as children of God, live lives of praise to the God who made them, submit to the pruning work of the Holy Spirit, choose wisdom over foolishness, rely on God's strength, help them have the desire to please God, and much more. With biblical teaching, scripture-inspired prayers, and space to journal using our Think, Pray, Praise method of daily prayer, this digital prayer guide is perfect for the busy mom who needs God to move in the hearts of her kids. Download your copy of Praying God's Word for your child to launch now when you visit today's show notes at millionprayingmoms.com. What else can we do to prepare ourselves, or just create something that makes it easier for them to come home? I think there's a fine line between grilling them about all of the things that you feel like you've missed out on for a year, which by the way, you will have missed out on a lot of things because they're not here. They're there. And boys and girls are also very different, you know, regardless of how much you think your son talks to you when they go off to college, they get the memo that it's not going to be super cool to like chat with the mom about every single thing that happened. And so, um, you know, you don't want to grill them about that. I found that the ways that my boys have continued to be the most open with me is when I have very simple conversations with them, non-threatening, asking them, you know, how are you doing, which hopefully leads into some more, you know, better conversation, especially when you talk to them about fun things, like what did you enjoy the most about this, but be specific in your questions, especially for boys, because they don't pick up on what you're actually trying to ask. (laughs) But my daughter is much more open about telling me a lot of things. But when I get into her life and ask about her friends, that's when I can often get insight into her. So these things haven't necessarily changed since she was in middle school, but it becomes more and more important as they are in a different place than they are with you. And so I think asking him about fun things at school, also just being very normal. One of the things that I think is just really jarring to a lot of parents when their kids get to college and they become young adults is just 
how much more we have to die to ourselves. You know, we, it really is tough to parent adult kids because they just don't need us the same anymore. They still need us, but they need us in very different ways. And they have just a different circle that they begin to even rely upon. And so there's a lot of things to maneuver. They have big decisions to make, but yet they sort of think like they've got it. So it's a fine line between letting them know that they still need your help, but not insulting them to the point where they are ready to just sort of walk away from you altogether. So I think not being needy is very important. We tend to get really needy with our kids when we feel them pulling away to this degree. When they were little, we could just pull them back in. And we can't do that when they're older, when they're in college, they're on to us and they don't do well with neediness. And so I think not being needy is really, really important. And then I just would say, you know, the sights, the smells, the touches that make your home home, just do those little things go a long way. I try to cook my kids' favorite cookies. I try to have everything washed and their favorite blanket out and things like that. You know, bribery is fine. It goes a long way, you know, when they've been (laughs) not having those creature comforts at school and they come home and everything smells good again. And you'd be surprised, but those little things go a long way. Yeah, absolutely. Those are so, so good. I think back to the days when I came home and just wanting to snuggle in my own bed, wanting to smell my favorite meal that I hadn't quite learned how to cook for myself yet, but my mother could do it for me. Or, you know, we live in a very small town that has a creek that runs through it. And there is a distinct smell of the creek. It's not a bad smell. It just smells like water. And I remember driving home for the first time and noticing that I hadn't noticed it before because I was living yeah. in it all the time. But just those things that bring us back to home and, you know, maybe just even the availability of my parents to work around my schedule and to be there for me when I wanted to have the time for them rather than trying to, like you said, be needy yeah. and force it. I think as parents, the needier we are, the less we can probably expect to get from our kids. It's just not going to work that way. Well, Lisa, I appreciate this so much. Um, Thank you. I know this is a quick episode, but thank you so much for your time, for sharing your heart with us. I would love it if you could tell everyone uh, where they can learn more about you and how they can get involved with what you're doing for the kingdom. What's the best way for them to connect with you? Really, lisawittle.com is is the best place. Everything is kind of housed there. Awesome. Thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for hanging out with me today, friends. I just love Lisa's insight. And honestly, I plan to work on those exact suggestions myself before our son comes home in a couple of months. If you haven't already, pick up your copy of our prayer guide to accompany this season, Praying God's Word for Your Child to Launch. You can find it along with a link to all of Lisa's amazing resources in the show notes at millionprayingmoms.com. And make plans to join me next week as we wrap up with the most important prayer for the launch season. I can't wait to share it with you. Till next time, friends, the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look with favor on you and give you peace. Do you wish you could have a short, sweet, simple something to pray for your kids this summer that sincerely asks God to move in their hearts, is easy to use, and maybe even encourages your heart too? Sign up for a summer of prayer with Million Praying Moms. 
Each morning this summer, you'll receive a simple scripture-inspired prayer for your child in your email inbox, just one a day. We'll work our way through the book of Romans, asking God to do things like turn their hearts toward Him, follow Him, trust Him, put their faith in Him, stand up for Him, and be obedient to Him. Get signed up right now in today's show notes at millionprayingmoms.com. This is Perseus Poku, host of the Sound Reasoning Ministry podcast. Learn how to share and defend your faith by listening to us weekly. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.